Hi, this is Brandon. So my earliest Christmas memory is going to be when I was about four or five years old. We were living out of Malala, um, and we weren't a terribly rich family. We never wanted for anything, but we also didn't ever have the, the newest and greatest things. And that Christmas morning, we opened up a Game Boy. Um, so it was a little Game Boy Pocket. looked just like this one. Uh, it was new in the box. And it came with uh, one or two used games. Uh, and this was a present that was shared between myself, my sister, and my brother. So one Game Boy for the three of us, and we were beyond excited. Um, like I said, we never had anything that was that new and cutting edge as a Game Boy Pocket. So it was awe in our eyes when we, when we opened that thing up and turned it on and got to play around with it. And I remember pretty vividly us all on this one armchair just huddled around this thing staring at it. everyone trying to see and they didn't have bright screens on them so it was a strain but just sitting down with my my siblings and firing this thing up for the first time hearing the sound seeing the picture was just it was an amazing memory one of my favorite christmas tra christmas traditions is um when we is when we decorate our christmas tree when we decorate the christmas tree the first the first ornament we put on is an, an apple to represent the, the sin that Adam and Eve did in disobeying God and the reason that, that Jesus came was because of the sin. And so just a reminder of why we celebrate Christmas and why Jesus came. And then uh, the very last ornament that we put on is a horn. We put a French horn up, but it represents the time when Jesus will return. Um, as it talks about, I can't remember if it's First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians now, but anyway, it's a scripture that talks about that the last trumpet, um, Jesus will return and then take us to be with him forever. So just a picture of hope. So that's a tradition that I really cherish. What do you think of when you hear the word Christmas? <clears throat> I think of the birth of Jesus Christ and the start of something wonderful. Why is Christmas even hopeful? Christmas is hopeful to me as a reminder that God sent Jesus to live amongst us, preach among us, and die for our sins. So if we follow Jesus and ask for forgiveness, we will eventually be with the Almighty and our loved ones. Why I think the Christmas time is hopeful is because the Savior is born and like so like he like um and like that he when he like grew up that um he died on the cross for all of our sins so so he was like saved all like he saved so all the our sins are um, washed away this is isaiah 9 1 through 7 but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish in the former time he brought into contempt the land of zebulun and the land of naphtali but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Christmas Saint. 
great glad tidings tell Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord This is Luke 1, 26-44. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the same and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age was also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of God. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is he who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Probably my first Christmas memory was when I was around five, I think. I don't remember the specific year, but my mom made matching suits for my brother, my dad, and I out of red and black checkered polyester. Funny memory. My name is Joan. What is your first Christmas memory? Besides gathering with family and friends at Christmas time, memorizing lines to the Christmas program at church when I was small. My favorite Christmas tradition is Christmas caroling with the church choir when we would go out to the shut-ins and deliver food boxes. Um, my favorite Christmas tradition is really going out to see family members and relatives. It just makes my family more together 
And that's it.
This is Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his hometown. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Certain for shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so No way. 
And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has been made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So, what do I think about when I hear the word Christmas? Um, for me, it's going to be two things. It's going to be uh, family and Jesus. Those are those are uh, the two things that pop into my head. Um, in my family, Christmas was a time where we always tried to get together. Um, and we'd play games and open presents. And it was it's just a time to appreciate each other. We do things like gift exchanges now and... We're kind of developing our own tradition for the the married family, which is which is fun and exciting. And now having kids of my own that I can 
wrap into these traditions is great. So family is, is a huge thing that I think about when I hear the word Christmas. And the birth of Jesus is the other thing. And that's something that is, is really easy to take lightly. Um, I wager that everyone in America knows that Christmas is a holiday because that's when Jesus is born and that's why we celebrate. But when you take a moment to actually think of how incredible the birth of Christ is and and knowing that this day um, that we celebrate is is all about his birth and that he is going to go on and uh, he's going to die for all of our sins and his his death is what saves us all and his birth was I mean what made his whole life possible and the divinity of his birth is something that's that's astounding and it's one of those things that when I sit down and actually think about how important it is, it's 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 mind-boggling because it's something that kind of feels passed over. Um, like you hear this the the stories growing up, like uh, the nativity scenes are all around, but when when I just sit down and think about how incredible of a gift his birth was and what a sacrifice his death and well, further down the down the story is it's it, it makes me feel very thankful what do you what do I think of when I hear the word Christmas the birth of Jesus and the celebration of such a miraculous day why is the Christmas season hopeful um, what I think of when I th hear the word Christmas is hope. Also stress for a lot of people, but really Christmas means hope to me because of the fact that um, God sent his son Jesus because we needed him and we need him every day and every moment, but he is the only way to have eternal life. And so that to me is just a picture of God's deep, deep love for us and um, his provision of eternal life through Jesus Christ. So again, Christmas means hope. I want to invite us into a time of confession. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to make you uh, get on the chat and share all of your innermost thoughts or, or, or secret of secrets, you know. But Christmas isn't just about a baby. It's about the man that grew up, that God became a man, and that he died on the cross. The Bible says that if we for confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive our sins, and that because Jesus died and rose again, we have a means to have our sins forgiven. So I want to invite you into a time of prayer with me. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you hear our prayers. We confess that we fall short of your perfect standard. We fall short of your perfection. And yet you've always been so good to forgive us, to love us, to bring us from where we have been to where you want to take us. Lord, we confess in 2020 that we have not always had faith in you, that we've doubted, that we've had frustration when our plans haven't been your plans, that we've had times of anger and rage, times of falling short. 
20 years has been a bad, 2020 has been a bad year. And yet you've been so good to us. And I found that the sins that come to mind first when somebody says sin might often be the, the thing that we need to confess. And so we confess that which comes to mind first. And at the same time, Lord, we know that there are things that we have hidden that we aren't even aware of. And so we pray that you would have grace towards us and forgive us the sins of which we are unaware and reveal the things of which we are unaware. Lord, you're in heaven and yet you hear our prayers. Holy is your name. And we do pray that your kingdom would come and we know that that in heaven your will is done, but on earth it's, it's done imperfectly by imperfect people. We pray for the fullness of your will to come and be done. We pray that Jesus would come quickly. Lord, we have so many needs, so many concerns. We're coming into 2021 with optimism, and yet this winter is probably going to be rough. And so we do pray that you would provide for all of the needs of everyone connected and listening to me right now. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us our sins and help us to forgive those who have sinned against us. Because we know that you are victorious. The kingdom is yours. The power is yours. And we trust in that victory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And we confess our sins because we know that Jesus has forgiven all of our sins. And on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he passed it around. Now, every culture has bread. And I think what's happened over the years and the centuries is you, uh, somebody that lives in Georgia, the country, not the state. It's near Russia. Somebody that lives in India, somebody that lives in France, somebody that lives in Oregon. Here's bread. And they think of their version of bread. But the bread Jesus passed around would have been a flat bread, not too dissimilar from this tortilla. In the Bible, the bread and the meal they were eating was part of the Passover meal that was given to the people of Israel in the time of the Exodus. And it was bread that was made quickly, bread for travel. They were to be ready to go because God was delivering them from their sins. And so by eating that meal before his crucifixion, Jesus was saying, this is the time of your deliverance. But also in the Bible, yeast is almost always a picture of sin. And so for Jesus to take bread that has no yeast and to break it and to pass it around and say, take and eat. And they pass this piece of bread around or this tortilla or this flatbread or this naan or however you want to think of it. But they pass it around and each of them breaks off a piece and they all eat together. And he says, this is my body broken for you. And this means a couple of things. First, it means that they were all partaking together from the same bread. But it also shows that the part, thing we're partaking of is the sinlessness of Jesus. So let's take and eat and remember Jesus. Of course, Jesus' body was broken for us. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was hit, he was spat upon, deprived of sleep to the point where he was so exhausted that he could no longer carry the cross. Somebody had to carry it for him. And as he was nailed to that cross, he bled. And the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. And whatever you have available in the first 
meal, the first communion, the last supper, they would have had wine. But whether you have grape juice or cranberry juice, I have some orange juice here. Again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all to communion, but these things are just symbols. And in 2020, we aren't able to have a, a service together, so what, what do you have available? And Jesus' blood was shed so that our sins could be forgiven, that the justice that my sins deserved, that all of the evils that I've ever done deserve justice. And that justice was taken by Jesus on the cross. And so we remember what Jesus did for us, that his shed blood has not just made it for our sins to be ignored, but they have been destroyed, wiped away, and we can live in that victory. Let's remember Jesus' blood shed for us. Thank you, Lord. You know, we sing these songs, and not I'll, I'll tell you the truth, some of these songs... They don't feel true, right? You hear Silent Night, and anyone who's ever had a small baby knows that's not true. Uh, these kind of, you know, um, little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I don't think that's true. Um, I spoke about it on Sunday, but, uh, you know, the, the story of Jesus' birth is a very human story. Mary would have been dealing with all of the issues that every woman deals with before and during and after childbirth. All of, the, all of the issues of, of having that new life, that new baby with you. Uh, it, it probably wasn't quite like the songs say. But here's why I'm okay with singing them. I'm okay with singing them because there is something at this time of year about resting. There is something at this time of year about reflecting. And you think about a lot of these songs, they were written in the win- for or in the wintertime, um, especially the ones from Northern Europe, you know, where you're, you're kind of locked in. It's snowy and cold and you're locked in. And as we think about these, these communion songs, it's a good invitation for us to embrace the rest of Jesus, to embrace the, the refreshing, the rejuvenation that comes from God's work in our lives the work of the Holy Spirit. And 2020 has been a year that has just brought us nothing but hardship. We need rest for our souls. We're, you know, we grow weary in our emotions and our, our spirits. And we need that rest that comes from the work of God in our lives. So do I think it was a truly silent night then? No, but I think that Jesus' work can bring stillness and blessed silence and refreshment and rejuvenation as we engage in in this idea of Sabbath or rest. And that's the encouragement I have for us tonight, that during this time, Christmas, New Year's, let's look for ways that we can invite Jesus in to restore our souls, that we can sing these songs knowing that the peace of God is the truth that these songs are proclaiming. The peace of God, the rest of God is the truth that we are declaring in these songs at Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's sing together. Silent night 
it's cold and all is bright round yon virgin mother and child holy infant so tender and Sleep in heavenly peace Sleep in heavenly peace Silent Shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born Christ the Savior is born Silent night Holy night Son of God Love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Silent night, holy night, wondrous star, lend thy Let us sing Alleluia to our King Christ the Savior is born Christ the Savior is born stars are brightly shining it is the night of 
of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks The new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, hear the angel voice Says, oh, night divine, oh, night when Christ was born, oh, night divine, oh, night, oh, night Truly he taught us to love one another His law is love and his gospel is peace Change shall he break for the slave is our brother name all oppression shall cease sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy name Christ is the Oh, praise his name forever, his power and glory evermore, evermore proclaim his power and glory. says oh night divine oh night when Christ was born oh night divine oh night
Christ was born Memory. I just running down in California we we lived with the stairs so I I remember like running down the stairs and just seeing all these presents and trying to guess what the mama Papa or Santa gave us well, my closest Christmas memory was when I spent a lot of time with Colton. It just gives me the memory of a lifetime because I recently, I, in the fall, I've seen uh, pictures of us being together. So, uh, you can, if you, I just know there was a tons of pictures up on our wall that had me and Colton together in it. So it just brings me together. The Christmas season is hopeful because the very reason that we celebrate it as, as Christians is the fact that God loved the whole world so much that he sent his son, Jesus. And he sent Jesus because he's the only one that could pay the way, could pay for our sins. And Jesus did that by coming, living a perfect life as God and and man, which is mind-blowing, but he did that, um, and he paved the way, provided the way for us to have eternal life, and he also promises to come back one day in God's timing to take his people, his church, with him, so that is hopeful, because as we look at the world around us, there's so much going on that's hard, there's so much pain, so much suffering, but there's still hope, and the hope we have is Jesus. So, why is Christmas hopeful? Um, because Jesus was born. Um, he, his birth was at the end of millennia of prophecy, and he came into this world both fully man and fully God, and he was born in order to save us all from our sin. I mean, we're all born sinners. We're born in a sinful world, but his birth provides us with the hope that he's he's gonna die he's gonna take all that sin away from us and that is it just gives me the warm and fuzzy feelings inside knowing that that god the father cared so much that he he delivered his son and who was born on christmas day and his his whole purpose his whole Kind of the reason for his birth was to to save all of humanity and taking some time to celebrate that is is wonderful and on the more secular side christmas has been taken over as kind of a cultural thing and not just a religious thing and that in itself the christmas season is a season where people um they decide to be more generous. They are kinder to their neighbors, and it's always hopeful that, um, knowing that at least once a year we can we can all strive to be a little bit better to each other. And whether people really think about the reason why we actually celebrate Christmas or not, um, it's nice that people are are more generous, and hopefully that generosity leads to more people thinking about why why are they more generous this time of year and 
looking to the the ultimate gift that was given, which is the the birth of Christ.